podcast where we cast wild speculation on the nature of the unknown. I am Davey. And I'm Jamie. And uh, today on Butwit, we're going to be convincing you that astrology is totally scientific and that it's not at all crazy to think that the position of Jupiter at the time of your birth, for example, was going to have a large influence on your life or perhaps lead you to meet a tall, dark stranger. So, um, right, yeah. what do you think, Dave? Um, it's sounding a bit far-fetched to begin with, but I, I trust that you will, you'll guide me there. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So, uh, why don't we get started just talking a little bit about the origins of astrology. Sound good? All right, sounds good. Yeah. So, from what I understand, uh, astrology goes back to, you know, very, very early history. We're talking, you know, the second millennium BC. Um, and the most, the oldest that I know about is Babylonian astrology. And this came before, right. even before it's known uh, whether they had the horoscopes that we think of as sort of paradigmatically ast- astrological today. So we're going back real far. Right, the dawn of civilization. Yep, even before. <laughs> <laughs> this doesn't. This goes way further back than civilization. <laughs> yeah. And I want to make the point that I know about this stuff about astrology because of a great history of science class that I did uh, as part of my graduate studies. So really, uh, that's all the evidence that you need for thinking that astrology really is scientific. It was the subject of a history of science course. But um, Yeah, well, I think generally if you learn something in a university class, it is 100% guaranteed truth, top to bottom. Yeah, that's how it works. That's my understanding. At least I have faith in that. That's, that's the assumption I've been working on for the last seven years. Mm-hmm. Right. So uh, Babylonian astrology apparently was kind of a little bit more, you know, coarse-grained than the astrology we think of today. You know, you didn't look up your horoscope in the newspaper and get the, get the news for what was going to happen in your life today. Rather, it was more about, you know, events of, you know, general public significance. So, um, you know, if, and actually it was really, really kind of scientific and the sort of the way in which you, you sort of came to conclusions about what the stars sort of foretold. So, you know, if some astrological event was known to have preceded some earthly event and causality for sure. Well, and if you like have like historical records of this, these kinds of things happening, then you sort of can hypothesize that there's some kind of connection between these two things. So if there's a, a new moon followed by, a, or perhaps like an eclipse, uh, followed by some great victory in battle, then you know, maybe the, there's some kind of connection between, between the two things. Right. So if you're working at a time when we don't have theories of relativity and... Maxwell's equations to basically explain everything around us you kind of go to work with what you know exactly and so if you see these events I mean it's it's better than nothing right it's got to be there's got to be something ruling this world yeah and in many ways it's like the first empirical science yeah that makes sense Mm -hmm. so there's some I think some early like disagreement early on about what exactly the stars were you know what their role was whether there's some kind of causal relationship between astrological events and events on Earth. And on the other hand, 
whether, you know, there's some kind of, like, sign from the gods. So, you know, the gods are controlling everything that happens on Earth. But in order to sort of warn you about what's going to happen, the gods also sort of leave you in hidden messages in the stars through, like, celestial events. Right. But either way, there's thought to at least be some kind of correlation between between the two. So that's plausible, right? Seems like Yeah, that does seem... At a time when, you know, the gods are everything, the gods must have made the stars so i mean if you're gonna if you're gonna send messages down to people on earth seems like a pretty good form of communication mm-hmm. yeah but obviously this is just like really early astrology you know as we start to see the development of science we get you know aristotle plato blah 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 you know astrology becomes more sophisticated it sort of keeps up with the times of the latest science yeah everyone wants to push the envelope a bit mm-hmm. yeah and You know, let me just make a case for why astrology isn't crazy. Think about the influence that, well, for a start, they can only see five planets at a time, plus the sun and the moon. And let's think about the kind of influence that the sun has on events on Earth. I mean, the sun... Right, pretty... uh, Quite a few of them. And heat. (laughs) It changes, you know, the seasons change depending on, like, our position relative to the sun. You know, it's pretty clear that the sun has a causal influence on what's going on, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Then think about the moon. An undeniable. When the moon's up, it's, you know, it gets colder. You know, you, you see the tides that sort of correlate with where the, where the moon is. And yeah, so it seems pretty clear that the moon has some kind of causal role on what's going on on Earth. And there are even some other sort of uh, more subtle effects that they'd have that would seem pretty much magical. Mm-hmm. up until like science got really really advanced yeah just think about all of the like the animals that have you know various rhythms that correspond to the seasons or to the like months it seems pretty clear that there's like a there's a lot of complicated influences that the sun and the moon have on the, on the earth yeah yeah so i mean why not all the other all the other celestial bodies right yeah so it's not like these things are coming out of the straight out of the blue or anything. And there's there's definitely some rational creation to these ideas, some observation of effects. It's not complete insanity. Absolutely. Yeah. So here's what I think is really cool. How people tried to harness the position like the exact configurations that they thought and this is much later on, um, when they became more sophisticated. They tried to sort of capture the power of particular configurations by like trapping the influences in some kind of art or object. Okay, so here we're getting here's we're we're getting to the part that uh spawns skepticism. <laughs> <laughs> we're getting uh we're getting a bit outside the realm of observation here. Well, okay, yeah, but you know, none of these things are really observable. I mean remember we didn't even understand how light worked at this point. That's true. I guess this is a point where people really weren't sure what they were even in like air breathing what's going into our lungs we can't see it Mm -hmm. yeah so and interestingly this is all very much tied up with optics and how sight works right so there's like theories about instead you know something we had some sense that light would came from object like the sun and like reflected off objects into our eyes instead it was thought that we had like rays coming from our eyes that like perceived the things that fell within those rays. <laughs> Just some nice probing laser eyes. Yeah, and then, you know, extend this to, you know, 
all objects kind of have these like emanating rays and influences. Okay, so kind of like a little bit like auras. Yeah, kind of. Which is something I don't I know nothing about auras, so maybe <laughs> maybe I'm not the person who should be you know drawing parallels. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and so you know the later astrology and especially like getting into the Renaissance and stuff, it was you know thought that you know the astrological things really do have like these these causal influences that you might think of kind of like light rays, but just, you know, didn't really have a concept of light rays then. So everything just like had these rays of influence all the time. And so so the you would have to like the, uh... catch these rays and then continue to <laughs> use them. So when Jupiter's in the sky, you're under the influence of the Jupiter ray and you have to, you have to catch the Jupiter ray. Mm -hmm. But then of course, all of the different objects in the sky have their own rays and then they interact with each other and so different different configurations end up getting using different like interference effects almost and so, so mixing up those spices to get some new flavors the uh the jupiter venus ray exactly exactly which is a bit coincidental apparently facebook tells me that jupiter is going to be crossing venus well no venus is going to be crossing jupiter pretty soon cool i wonder what that means yeah i'm pretty sure that has some kind of astrological implication surely yeah it probably means that like their their powers multiply together or something like that well it pro actually the thing is it also depends though because different planets have different properties so if they have opposite if venus and jupiter have sort of opposite properties then it could they could sort of like nullify each other but if they have similar properties they could magnify each other interesting you got to think of something as common as uh, Venus transit of Jupiter. Well, technically not a transit, but you know what I mean. So something as common as this surely has its own, like, its own unique effect, like the full moon or whatever. It's something that happens so regularly, so predictably, that surely it became like a, a thing of its own. Uh, probably, yeah. I think I think that um, transit, various transits of different planets, yeah, have these kinds of commonly accepted meanings. And how many of them are good luck? number of them <laughs> <laughs> well it depends who's for though because then sometimes different uh like star like horse star signs were associated or constellations were associated with different places and so it might be good luck for athens but bad luck for you know whatever interesting so i mean this is a time when the uh the gods were a lot more invested in the peoples of the world they knew about places like Athens and they would have a so they would have specific influences on a place like Athens yeah totally that's pretty cool hmm, so so this is where you'd have like the uh the astrological calendar where you have like oh what are they called where it's like it's cut up into wedges and you have like the Jupiter what you can tell I'm no expert on this it's cut up into wedges yeah what do they call it's the, like the... the something of Jupiter Oh, I see. I see one thing that's kind of like what you mean. It's called the the Thema Mundi. I don't know. Thema Mundi. Ruling planets and astronomical signs and houses. A domicile or a domicile. Oh, houses. That's it. Like the house of Jupiter. Oh, okay. That's what you mean. Yeah, oh, like yeah, Jupiter is in the third house. You know, it's like in the third constellation. Yes. Where else? Where's all that come from? So, what's really weird is that there's actually thirteen constellations that make up. They go, they go around. So they're on the elliptic, which is where the sun goes, travels through the year. Yeah. Oh, no, the ecliptic, not the elliptic, ecliptic. 
Oh yeah, yeah. So we're talking like uh like geocentric astronomy. Uh where everything moves yes. around. Yes. Well it's like tracking things through this, across the sky. From yeah. Earth. So think about what you actually see in the sky over the course of the year. What you see is that, you know, imagine the celestial sphere. You see the sun gradually move along the ecliptic and it goes through all of these different constellations. But when they made up these constellations, yep. they actually ended up with 13 constellations. So, but they decided that Slightly 12 inconvenient. was better. So they just got rid of one. <laughs> and then like... Well, this is, uh, this is Babylonia, right? So they, they used base 12. So that would have made a lot of sense to them. Yeah, I guess so. Yeah. Like not... So what's what's the 13th that got rejected? Um, I can't remember. A little reject constellation. Sorry, little group of stars. You just weren't quite as cool as the other little groups of stars. Thirteenth constellation of the zodiac. Was it like a a bucket? Maybe it was like a. Uh, it's off. I don't. O p h i u c h u s. O p h i u c h u s. Its name is from the Greek, which means serpent bearer. Serpent bearer. This is the one that they cut out. As a man grasping the snake represented by the constellation of serpents this is the one they cut out this is a dude wrestling a giant snake i know they kept the fish in hello yeah i know i don't it doesn't make any sense really why would you cut out the snake holding snake wrestling guy it's like hmm would i rather be born in the month where a guy wrestles a giant fucking snake or would i rather be in the month where there are two fish hmm hmm, hmm. family hercules what what does that even mean we have so much to learn, Jamie. Hmm. This well goes down and down. Oh, it's to do with um where in the sky it is, I think. Ah, right. So it's kind of like uh, subdividing the sky into like families, houses, constellations? Yeah, I think so. I see. So it looks like it's uh, sort of nestled right above Scorpius. So yeah, that... Okay, so it would have been, a... it would have been either the scorpion or the man wrestling the snake. That's a slightly closer decision to make, I guess. Okay, so here's something cool and also hilarious. Well, maybe not yep. hilarious, but you can judge for yourself. I'm sure it will be. I'm prepped for some laughter. <laughs> okay, so, you know, I was saying before how, like, different, you know, it makes sense that because cities are in different positions, like, different configuration of stars have different effects on uh, different cities, right? So, yep. you know, if one city is in a certain place, then, the you know, the stars have some kind of influence such that it's going to be, you know, kind of dry or something like that. Yeah. And so, you know, this kind of this kind of makes sense. You know, the environment influences um, the city. And so what was also thought is that the founding of a city had particular was a sort of particular importance. So when you you have to like found a new city under some kind of, you know, favorable configuration of the stars. Right. So here's where it gets weird. Uh so if I and a city was like thought to be have been founded at a particular time but then sort of predictions of like how it should its fortunes turned out to not really match with the time of its founding which probably happened about 50 percent of the time i would guess uh, not necessarily but who knows uh it's hard to hard <laughs> to know people would people were so confident in the science of astrology that instead of doubting, often instead of doubting the astrology, they would doubt their evidence for the time at which the city was founded. 
<laughs> so they'd, they'd uh, hang up the astrologers who told them it was a good time to build the city. Guys, you obviously, you got this all wrong. No, no. I mean, they would, so say the city was founded a hundred years ago on some particular date. Yeah. But then it seems like the history of the city is such that, you know, it doesn't, it doesn't make that much sense that it was founded at that particular time. So instead of saying, oh, astrology is wrong, if, you know, gave us the wrong predictions for what's going to, what's going to happen with the city, they would say it must not have been founded then. <laughs> Get back to the books, guys. We, we did the math wrong. Yeah. yeah no, our, his, our, historical, our historical evidence must be wrong. They must have accidentally, like, they said it was founded on like June 4th in that year, but probably it had to must have be been, June 3rd. probably they meant like September 4th. Yeah. There must be some Because on like September 4th, June. the sky looked like this. And that makes more sense. Yeah. That was a very bad day to build a city. Mm -hmm. They were clearly had no idea what they were doing when they founded mm -hmm. this city. Yeah. September 4th. Yeah. Morons. And if things were going bad, they would sometimes refound a city. <laughs> Guys. We founded it wrong, boys. Stars, Let's do it again. The stars have been messing <laughs> with us. The city wasn't founded at a good time. I'm sorry, but the city no longer exists. We need to make a new city right now by founding the city again. Why don't we just take the city and put it somewhere else and then refound it on a more auspicious day? Mm -hmm. Exactly. <laughs> city refounding day. Mm -hmm. God, the parties that must have gone down. Yeah, I imagine so. What could be what could be more exciting than refounding the city you already live in? Mm -hmm. So few people get to experience it. Mm -hmm. One thing that was cool in the Renaissance is that some people like tried to capture the powers of the in paintings, um, and then like use the paintings to like on their enemies. Sorry, you're cutting out there. They use the paintings to what? They use the paintings on their enemies, so they would. Like, use the paintings on their enemies. Yeah, wow. yeah. So it would, okay. they would they would get make like astrological paintings, but that were like very sort of abstract and confusing because they didn't correspond to actual star configurations. Right. They would like, and they would use sort of like you know rep representations of of the stars as like their anthropomorphized characters or whatever. Like a dude wrestling a giant snake. Exactly. And so they had these really elaborate vault paintings, like on the on like on the roofs, sorry, on the ceilings of their houses and like grand halls and things, which were painted, you know, very carefully with much secrecy to try and harness the power of the stars that would sort of empower the person who owned the house, but like would actually in some cases have really detrimental effects on their enemies and so then they were encouraged like the person whose whose painting it was would be encouraged to like sleep under it to like you know harness its its influence and then try and like bring their their enemies into the chamber and like have them be influenced by these these ceiling paintings as a way of like gaining power over them and stuff hey jim jim um that the painting that that it's kind of spooky spider painting on your ceiling. Yeah, don't 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 worry about that. You just you just go on sleep under that. Everything's gonna be fine. Don't you worry, bro. Mm -hmm. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty cool. And it's better if they're looking at it because then they're taking in more influence, more rays and stuff. But um, yeah, just sleeping underneath it works too. 
which suggests that it's like so, this really like causal, you know, physical influence going on. But surely people were aware of like which paintings were good and which were bad. And so how do you go about tricking someone into looking at an unlucky, an unfavorable painting? Are you tri- how do you go about tricking someone into spending their time around an unfavorable symbol? Well, it was it was really complicated. They said it wasn't like one symbol. It was like an entire ceiling filled with like all of the different characters and different zodiac signs. And, you know, it's just like it was like a whole, you know, date of the, the sky at a particular time, but actually just really messed up to be. And it was like really non-obvious what everything represented. So it was deliberately obscured. Oh, so they would actually they would try to sneak the symbols into the painting itself. So you look at the painting and you wouldn't realize yeah. that it was unfavorable. What's more is that if you knew about astrology, you would look at it and be like, there's something astrological going on here, but it's super weird. And it's like really hard to decipher what it means. So historian, like <laughs> I read it, like a historian who's like studied these paintings from the Italian Renaissance and just like, doesn't still doesn't really know for sure what a lot of it means like a lot of guesswork like unless and you also have to know you know when it was painted and you might need to know like the birthday of the person whose painting it was in order to really decipher it properly all these kinds of things <laughs> hey uh what's that what's that new painting you got there oh giovanni got that it's the worst modern art he calls it awful but just but just, just sleep to... under it why don't you Keep looking. <laughs> he insists we sleep under it. He said his friend gave it to him for his birthday, and it's so important. <laughs> oh, he drives me mad. Exactly. You realize we've just written, like, the best show ever. What? Imagine a world where paintings had actual power, and there's, like, this constant mind game going on between political figures of trying to trick each other to spend time around bad symbols by putting them into paintings and like painting them around their house and so instead of assassins you have like stealth painters who break into people's homes and secretly paint these things all over their walls and stuff and try to like disguise them as regular things and see if they can't notice that actually sounds pretty cool and you could like get super sneaky about disguising it and like it would be kind of like voodoo-ish you know you could hide them behind walls Exactly. Like put it under like, put it under a layer of wallpaper, and then somebody would like remove wallpaper and be like, <gasps> "No, this entire time, this is why all my children have died." It'd be like reverse Ocean's Eleven in the Renaissance with a fantasy factor thrown in. Yeah, like I would watch that. So I, I think it sounds really cool. Also, I'm um going to send you a link to the paintings that I'm talking about, so you can know what they look. Oh yeah. Well, I'm looking at the the first image that comes up on DuckDuckGo. Oh, yeah. Do you see how it's just like lots of people in different sections and it's very artistic and beautiful, but it's all people and you wouldn't necessarily know what was going on. Yeah, so I can see you could like, you could have three guys maybe wrestling and then you could just sneakily get a serpent in there, raptor in one of them and like, bam, you've got a guy wrestling a serpent, but you might not notice it. Exactly. You might just say three guys wrestling. Exactly. And I like how you're really into the, the guy wrestling the serpent. <laughs> I just, I mean, like, how could I not be? It's a guy wrestling a serpent. Like, sure, that's true. I just don't have that level of cool. I have to look up to him. Mm-hmm. Also, I can't remember any of the others. <laughs> <laughs>
<laughs> One other way I know about um, people trying to harness, people harnessing like the power of the stars is in the, I think, medieval Islamic world. Um, there was a lot of literature about making astrological talismans for different purposes and like just astrological images in general. But having right, so you might have a uh, you might have a man wrestling a serpent necklace and it would protect you from serpents. But even more more complex than that. So not only were there sort of certain images that were associated with certain things, but then what you could do once you understood what the images, you know, this image represents like this astrological figure or something. What you could then do is actually sort of combine the different images uh, in weird ways in order to sort of like like kind of like a recipe and the talisman it's, yes, this- the talisman itself would be sort of a recipe because you not only have sort of different elements coming in to make the image that you inscribe on a stone or something but you have to choose the stone you have to make it the right day you have to do all of these kinds certain of kind of use the right words this is this is a lot like sort of spell crafting yeah but it was kind of a... but it was also taken to be very much you know just scientific Science. it was you know causal stuff going on There's... so you would approach it very scientifically you'd say okay so i need this effect so i have to combine these two signs with this kind of material mm-hmm. this particular size on this day at this time when the sun's this high mm-hmm. and that will be the most auspicious talisman of our time exactly right yeah so it does make sense. Yeah, it does. I think. Because if you don't, if you don't have, I mean, we we are in a very privileged time where, if I wanted to know whether September the seventh was a lucky day, I would Google is September the seventh a lucky day, and Google would tell me no, September the seventh is just a normal day like every other day, and I'd be like, oh, all right. Just the problem day. But yeah. It's not as simple as that because September the seventh won't be lucky for everyone. More importantly. Uh... Modern astrology is a sham. Are you ready for the conspiracy theories? So this is modern. So modern astrology is much like the modern impression of Atlantis, in that it's a total conspiracy theory built off something that was actually quite reasonable for the time. Perhaps even true. Perhaps, yeah. Um. So perhaps, perhaps even like maybe there used to be gods. I don't know. And perhaps the the stars and stuff do have all these consequences that we're just, you know, because of our biases and because of our actual interactions with modern astrology, we just automatically rule out. Yeah. We think we know everything. The old tale of the full cup. Mm-hmm. But yeah. So here's the weird thing about modern astrology. What's your star sign, Dave? Uh, Scorpio. So traditionally what that would have meant is that the sun was in Scorpio at the time of your birth. Right. That's Not no true. longer true. Damn it. So what you can actually do is use a program called Stellarium. You can go back to the place of your... You can choose a position on the map, go to the position of your birth, and then wind back time and look at the sky as it was when you were born. Like microfiche. Yeah, but like with looking at the sky. That would be very cool. And find out my... True star sign. Maybe I really am man wrestling serpent. Exactly. You may actually be the man wrestling serpent. <laughs> Every time from that point on, anytime someone asks me what my star sign is, I'm just like, badass dude wrestling serpent. What up? Mm-hmm. Are you two fish? Oh, nice. Two fish. Real cool. I'm a badass man wrestling serpent. Yeah. I don't think it's a star sign. It's a star sign. But the point is that modern star signs have become out of with uh, 
you know, the, what we traditionally think of as the star sign associated with that time. So, right, because we've broken them up into dates these days. But... Yeah, we're all like, oh, you're born in, you're born April something. Oh, it looks like you're an Aries. Very imprecise astronomy. Well, it's not even imprecise. It's just like wrong. Bad. It's just super bad. So it's not surprising that we can't make good predictions when fundamentally astrology has just like completely forgotten its, its foundations. Astrology used to be more about like um, symbolism, iconography, that sort of thing. It used to be about the influence of certain important celestial objects or regions. Well, there was debate about there was debate about this, you know, throughout, and there were you know criticisms of astrology throughout history. But then these criticisms were countered with very reasonable arguments, and in this sense, it looks very scientific the whole way through. And often, often people would be like, well. They would be casting doubt on astrology and how can we know this? And people would be like, well, but we have all of this historical evidence, all this written evidence from lots of people who have observed many different events. And it seems to give good prediction. Right. So you would you would have a strong um, a bias effect where if people did happen to have good fortune after building their house while the sun was in front of Jupiter or something like that, then they would write it down. If they didn't, they probably wouldn't. And so you'd end up developing a whole wealth of accounts, like positive accounts, that uh, that reinforce the idea. And you'd be able to look back at them for like a hundred years and it would seem like a pretty strong case. Perhaps. You could also, though, look at the... Um, if you knew when a famous person was born, you could go back, work out what their horoscope was, and then see whether it was true. Interesting. And astronomy was also very good back then. People would have, like you say, I can go into Stellarium, track back to where the sun would have been at that point. They could have done that in the Renaissance for sure. They they had a pretty good lock on the position of the sun and the moon and all mm-hmm. the celestial objects over time. So Yeah, so they were they're, like, they're pretty good on empirical adequacy. Yeah, so they might have not they might not have known what, what, what the sun was or what the stars were, but they knew where they were going to be in one. Like they had a, there was a lot of very good science back then, mm-hmm. before they even had telescopes. I've always been very impressed by what ancient astronomers have managed to predict. Yep, I have a cat attempting to walk on me. <laughs> cat just wants to hear about astrology. Yeah, but yeah, perhaps astrology is actually a viable scientific theory even now, if only. We were trying to do it properly. Right, so if maybe we were to open our minds a little bit, do some proper mm-hmm. proper studies of all this stuff. Yeah, it's just because the astrology is now conducted by so many charlatans, you know, and this is something that people have criticized uh, astrologers for throughout history, you know. There's just too many charlatans. Nobody does that astrology works. It's just that, you know, you need to have the proper training. You need the proper education. Um, and the people doing astrology these days just don't have that. They're just, they're just failed journalists mm. writing their astrology column in the newspaper. Mm-hmm. They're not true scientists, Charlatans like all. the astrologers of old. So, I wonder, wonder what kind of education an ancient astrologer would have had. Like, it would be would that have been the equivalent of like a science degree today? Yeah, it would be extremely mathematically because you know you had to be able to do a lot of difficult calculations about where all the planets and stuff were going to be. Yes, people say, like, 
Maxwell was the Einstein of his time, and there would have been one before that and before that. I wonder if the uh, the true Einstein of like the year of the 13th century was some Islamic astrologer who <laughs> dedicated his entire brilliant career to mapping out the auspicious days of the year. Mm-hmm. I wonder if he'd uh, if he'd known what we know now, maybe he could have proven it. Mm-hmm. So, what do you think, Dave? You convinced that astrology is actually a plausible science? I think that there's definitely a lot of reason to it. Like, even if there are no magical, effectual rays coming from every celestial body, there's a lot of really subtle effects to everything that's going on in the sky. And it's worth pointing out that we don't really know about the majority of the energy stuff in the universe. Dark energy? No idea. Dark matter? Still not much idea. That's 99% of the universe that we are just like wildly guessing So about what it is. Is it implausible that there's more to the influence of planets that meets the eye? Why not? Yeah, I think it's always good. If you haven't strictly disproven something, it's always good to keep a little corner of your mind open to it. Exactly. So. So yeah, I think I am, I am somewhat convinced. I think... There is definitely a lot of reasonable thought behind it. A lot of people, a lot of very smart people throughout history have obviously dedicated a lot of time to fleshing it out. Mm -hmm. I don't think astrology is something that should just be like thrown aside and discounted. And like the modern take on it, it's it's almost like disrespectful. Exactly. To the, to like what it was historically, which was basically the best science they had at the time, I would guess. Conspiracy theory. Modern astrology is deliberately trying to make us think that astrology is dumb so oh. that we don't question and we don't find the truth. So the governments of the world have discovered that astrology is in fact true. They're in a they're locked in a constant battle with the ancient gods and to try to reduce their power, they're sending out all this really strange, crappy astrology to try to make us forget and doubt. The powers of the ancient world. What do you think, Monkey? Time for dinner? <laughs> Time for dinner? Yep. So, astrology, a lot more reasonable than it seems today. A lot of good historical evidence in its own way. Definitely something more people should look into, I think. Do a brief bit of research about it. If nothing else, it's very interesting. <laughs> like, from a historical perspective alone, it is very interesting to look at. So... What do you think we should talk about next week, Jamie? Is Jamie gone? I've lost my sister. She's gone forever. The government got her. Jamie. <laughs> got her. <laughs> okay, so the governments of the world have snatched my sister because she was spreading information they didn't they didn't want her to. so well I'll be back next week alone without my sister and we won't be talking about astrology I promise we won't be talking about astrology I swear I swear we'll see you next week I'm bothered.
You're for real, Jamie. You gone?